Welcome to The Edge of Fact, the podcast where we explore the intersection of human stories and business success. I'm your host, Carolyn Crawford, and I'm thrilled to have you join me as we explore the minds of entrepreneurs, marketers, and visionaries who have mastered the art of alchemizing their personal journeys into their business success and learn how you can apply what they've learned to your own business. So whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply someone fascinated by the power of human stories, The Edge Effect is here to offer you insights, inspiration, and a fresh perspective on what it truly means to make your mark in the world. Get ready to be moved, motivated, and challenged as we embark on this incredible journey together. So let's begin. I'm Carolyn Crawford, and this is The Edge Effect. Okay, hello everyone. I am with Cheris Santilli, a life balance coach and owner of Cheris Your Life. Cheris, welcome. I'm so excited to learn more about you and the human story behind your brand. Thank you. I'm happy to be here, Caroline. Okay. So your origin story, you're very open about it, very transparent about it, and you use it strongly in your messaging. And ultimately, it's it's why you do what you do. Can you please share a little bit more about, about this origin story and how you transition to become a life balance coach? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, well, and first of all, I think for me, stories is how I teach and, and you're right. I mean, it's a big story. So it, it, um, I'm happy to have found a great use for it to help others because there's, you know, there's some, uh, tragedy in it, but, uh, but let me give the background. So my childhood was really beautiful really wonderful. I, I grew up, my parents were entrepreneurs and, you know, trying to figure out what business to do and how to do it. And by the time I was about 11 or 12, they had gotten a business off the ground that started in our kitchen. And it was just a really exciting childhood to see that happen and grow. And so um, by the time, and, and I modeled after them being so, you know, such big high achievers and ambitious and entrepreneurs and, you know, working a lot of hours and a lot of hard work and all the effort. So I did a lot of great things in school and achieved all the good grades and a lot of accolades and awards and such. And then uh, went off to college and then came back for a visit. And it was the summer that I was turning 19 and my dad was turning 50. So for his 50th birthday, we went for a hot air balloon ride and it was a really hot day, like 107 degrees. We almost didn't go up because of that weather, but um, we ended up, it it started to cool down finally. and, And we went up, it was during the evening. And um, just to kind of give this a a time frame for people, I'm in my late 40s. This was 1994. So we had a beautiful ride, and then something went terribly wrong when we came in for the landing. The pilot knew we were coming in too fast, and he warned us, you know, brace yourselves. We're going to hit, and we're going to hit hard. And we did, and the basket bounced. And then my dad directed each of us to like grab onto the corners, um, which have those, if you think about, if you've ever seen a basket, it's got the the poles at the corners. Mm -hmm. And so we did that, but there weren't enough corners for everyone. And so dad ended up grabbing like the middle of the side of the basket. 
And I remember seeing him do that and seeing us all and very, very scary. We come in for another try and it hit again. And this time I saw my dad roll out of the basket. Wow. And his foot got wrapped uh, uh, with one of the cords Mm -hmm. and he was drug about the length of a football field through corns of farm fields, corn uh, rows of corns, corn and alfalfa. And I remember looking over the edge and seeing him hanging upside down and dangling in the air at one point. And I was just in hysterics, absolutely screaming, absolutely terrified. Um, I don't know. I don't remember like us getting to the ground. All I know is like, I remember racing over to him. We all were racing over and he was laying there, not moving, but he was conscious. Mm -hmm. So they, he was face down initially and they turned him over and he looked at me and he saw me just in hysterics. Mm -hmm. And he said, cause he was worried about me. (laughs) He said, you should see the other guy. (laughs) And so, um, that tells you a lot about him. Uh, so he was thankfully alive, but it was very scary because he wasn't moving. He mm-hmm. could talk to us, but that was it. So what ended up happening is we found out he broke his neck and he was paralyzed. Wow. And um, that was nearly 30 years ago at this point, if we look back. And he, uh, I mean, it just, it changed everything. It just flipped the world upside down. Yeah. My, um, within a few years, they lost everything, including their business. And my mom turned to alcohol mm-hmm. to cope. And I turned to just let's amp up the dial on the ambition and the right. busyness. So busy, 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 because it's a lot easier to stay busy than it is to totally. face your feelings. Yeah. Wow. So, so I realized later that I had my own, like, I went into my own version, like a a private inner paralysis. Like Mm -hmm. he had this physical paralysis. I had an internal one. Wow. And then my mom had the alcohol addiction. And then I ended up with a work addiction. Mm -hmm. And so all of, and, and what's interesting and is that, um, you know, our society rewards the work addiction, right? So, um, I don't, it's, it's this kind of hidden different type of thing because you're, you're given a lot of pats on the back for being a hard worker and putting in the extra hours and going for your dreams and being the entrepreneur or whatever it is. And, um, so I went that way and then continued to kind of get the pats on the back. So I kind of reinforced that. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I'm seeing my parents just, you know, completely struggle in all sorts of ways. And um, really, sadly, the, we ended up losing my mom. It'll be actually 10 years ago, this November, this Thanksgiving, she she passed away on Thanksgiving 10 years ago. So sorry. 
And it was from the alcoholism. Her liver finally gave out. And I tried to save her multiple times and um, convinced that I could do that. But, you know, it didn't work because it usually doesn't. Unfortunately, you it really all of this, whether you're climbing out of any anything, whatever you're climbing out of in your life, whether it's something big like we experienced or the seemingly little things that are big yeah. <laughs> and how they affect us in our lives, For sure. no matter what, um, you have to do the work. You mm-hmm. have to be willing, you have to be ready, and you have to do the work. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't matter how much I wanted to fix or change the situation for her, but we, um, so we lost her. My dad is still with us and, um, he's been in really, especially enjoying this journey and, um, my biggest cheerleader. So that is the, in a nutshell, what led me to then need to find my way out. Mm -hmm. So it was about 11 years ago when I met a life coach, I didn't even understand, or I didn't even know what that what that was. Mm -hmm. And I realized that she might be able to help me because I wasn't feeling, I just wasn't feeling, I don't, it's like the outside of my life didn't match how I felt. Mm -hmm. Meaning meaning like things looked pretty darn good. And I just launched a, a successful product in my business and things like, and yet I didn't feel great. Yeah. So it was my, I needed to reconsider my version of my definition of success. And I needed to look at what was going on inside of me. And so that was turned into a long, arduous journey. And yet it led me to where I am now helping others. So I explored coaching and all kinds of different healing modalities. And then what I've done is I've taken all the pieces of everything that I feel works the best for me and put them together into how I coach, whether it be private clients or group or um, inside of my program. And, um, and, and I've also become a a bit of a, into um, neuroscience because I know that the foundations of the things that I got trained in, in my, along my way of first coaching certification and such had those foundations, but I didn't, know enough to know the underneath until the last right. few years. And I've been doing my own digging and understanding now why the tools were developed the way they were, why they work. They seem very simple on the surface, but underneath it all, it's, it's all connected to the, how you how our brains actually work. And, and I realized that I literally have been bracing for impact ever since that day or was, wow. and in some ways still am, I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to peel back the layers, For sure. but, um, but it's, it's how to it, basically I was protecting myself. We all protect ourselves. So it's how do we realize we're doing it and then shift gears and start to feel safer to pursue whatever we want to pursue and literally just to enjoy ourselves more each day. Incredible. I mean, what a, like, just incredible, but I think obviously you took something an experience that was so, so incredibly traumatic for your entire family and you 
and now you're it's interesting it i'm i'm curious to know your evolution a little bit earlier on in your career because like you said you were keeping very busy obviously in the past several years you've been focused on finally facing kind of what you were avoiding by keeping busy I'm curious to know like what that kind of career path looked like for you and if it if there's anything from that previous life if you will that has uh bled into this life in that's like helped you in this new phase yeah absolutely I mean I really do I believe we we all benefit from finding the benefits in everything. Mm -hmm. It may not be easy to find them right away, but we do. So, um, and, and, and so let's look back. Um, I, out of college, I started as, and I know your focus in marketing. So yeah, there's a lot of marketing actually in my prior life and that has carried forward into what I'm doing now. So I, started as a, um, I worked for a few years, communications consulting company in San Francisco, doing a lot of really cool work on the visuals, uh, for high stakes investor presentations Mm -hmm. and the big tech boom in the late nineties, really, really fun job. And that led me, I always had art interests, art and math were my favorite subjects as a kid. So that led me into becoming a graphic design, a freelance graphic designer. Mm Mm-hmm. Then that led me into uh, doing logo and branding and marketing materials for orthodontists and dentists because my husband was, I we got married when he was in dental school. We met in undergrad, got married when he was in dental school. He became an orthodontist. So a long journey alongside him when he was going through those things. So then I started doing design for orthodontists primarily. Then that grew into having some designers work for me and things. Well, then that evolved over time to um, uh, shift into developing a software product, Mm. marketing focused specifically for that industry though. And then that, then my next step was while I was doing that, my on the surface quote unquote, excuse or reason for uh, be going through the coaching certification program that I went through was because it was going to help me with my communications with my team and my family and friends and, 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 but especially my team and my, my close people. So um, because I, w- I couldn't admit that I actually wanted to do something a little different and that I was, and that it was really pulling me. Mm-hmm. So um you know, one thing just led to another, but what I, what I, if I look back, what I brought into what I do now is I love a lot of the marketing pieces that I put into things now. So, Mm -hmm. um, I create little doodle illustrations and animations because they're fun for me and they're an easy way to express a concept. And because of my background, they're easy for me. It's, it's something I can do quickly so I can record a podcast about a guided meditation that I was reminded of recently, for instance, that I, that I'd done a couple of years ago where I had this visual and, um, of, of me standing with all these tornadoes around me and like 
next to a cow that was just like chomping on grass and really calm. And it was just kind of the concept of, I don't need to get into all the tornadoes, everybody's stuff and everything going on around me. I, they can be going on and I can be over here or I can be in the eye of the tornado. But I remembered this, this whole thing came to me in a guided meditation. Well, then I created a little doodle animated GIF to, for my email and for my social media of me standing next to a cow <laughs> with all the tornadoes around. And it was really fun and easy and fast because I had the concept and I, I knew what to do and it's a skill set I have. Yeah. So that's an example or, um, you know, just doing my own website or, uh, uh just all of that visual stuff comes from some of those roots from my prior life or lives. And that is, of designing my own business card, you know, all, all of that. Yeah. Really fun to do. And so that's carried forward. And then of course, just communicating with clients, growing businesses, helping my husband start a orthodontic practice from scratch and growing that too. All of these things I learned so much yeah. that I'm applying to what I do now. Amazing. Um, it, it just, to be really quite honest, I learned more in all of those experiences just out in the world than I did getting a business degree in college. <laughs> and I'm talking under, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because Life experience really will teach yeah. you anything that you need to know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so lots of things. So those are the things that come to the surface in a quick little overview of yeah. my prior, prior, prior me. Thank you for sharing that. And it's amazing. And the reason I ask is because I find that and and, I'm, and I feel like maybe can you may agree with this statement of like, I think that everything that we do in the moment, right, like years ago, you probably had no idea that you would become a life coach, right? I, you know, I had no idea years ago that I would have my own business either. Like, I feel like so many people like we don't know what's going to happen. Right. And so I think more than we realize where we end up in this moment was a culmination of all these things happening. And the reason why I asked not just about your origin story, but also just professionally, like how did this keeping busy life look like for you? And it's because, you know, that has like, the origin story has such a major influence. That was such a traumatic experience, but your career also did as well, you know? And I think mm -hmm. it's, it's an interesting marriage of how the two almost seemingly completely different experiences came together and here you are now. So I think that's incredible to, to look at and, and honor. Absolutely. And, um, there's, so my, the two frameworks of my training are fearless living and positive intelligence. And one thing's coming to mind for me. Well, the, the key motto of fearless living, uh, is live the life your soul intended. And then there's something positive intelligence that talks about, um, what if your life was a, how did they say it? Um, perfectly written novel. Mm. Like if you look back, so you know, both of those things, I think that I am living the life my soul intended. I mean, this just feels literally has pulled me. If I just yeah. look back into every piece and we really, if we really started dissecting some of the other things of my life yeah, and thing, things like I was, um, 
uh, what, what was it, uh, brought in to be a natural helper when I was in grade school. You know, it was a group mm-hmm. of kids that basically the their peers, so the other kids felt like I was one of the people that was safe to go to, to talk to, to get support. So like, if we even go back there, there's these little seeds, these yeah. little, you know, moments that all add up to who I am, what I'm doing now. And it all matters. And it's really fascinating to look back and see all of that. Even the fact that like my focus tends to be more um, high achievers, uh, entrepreneurs or entrepreneurial mindset Mm -hmm. sometimes aren't officially technically an entrepreneur, but they have that mindset. And, um, more than maybe corporate world as much mm-hmm. because of my background. Yeah. It's not to say that I don't ever work with anybody who's in corporate. It's just, it's um, the others a l- little more in my wheelhouse because I sure. have been business owners see that I can relate to them mm-hmm. and that just connects us more quickly, you know, they see how I can, can help support them. And, and I'm uh, one of the things that I'm got a kind of moving into right now a little bit, which um, is interesting is I'm starting to get some referrals into some business owners who've sold their business. Oh, interesting. And now in between phase. Yeah. And like Mm -hmm. the, the uh, feeling of, well, the money clearly isn't bringing them happiness and they're mm-hmm. now feeling pretty lost and kind of without purpose and low energy and, and even some depression kicking in just because there was so associated. So it's another phase of this whole journey yeah. and what that transition means for life. And it's really interesting to see that's coming up and being presented to me as, and I'm just like, okay, I'll go through this door and I'll connect with some of these people and see how this goes. Um, so just go, you know, go in with the flow and seeing what happens and seeing who I can help and not getting myself too boxed in and just see where the wind blows me here. Incredible. I love it. And I, and I love what you said earlier about like, there were all these little teeny moments and it started all the way back to when you were a kid in grade school. Right. And it's, I, the reason I'm a self-development junkie as well. I've worked with uh, coaches, mentors, and just even on my own. Um, And so I always find it fascinating and it's so fascinating. And I think that's why I've always been drawn to marketing because it comes through in so many ways. And part of the fun of marketing, and I'm curious to know your thoughts, especially since your background is in marketing. For me, part of the fun of marketing is to really pull out like, this is what's going to, this is how, like every time you are marketing something, you are creating a new opportunity for someone to connect with you essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I love seeing how people do that. And one of the things that's very clear as you're speaking and not just your knowledge, of course, but just the way that you're like, you infuse these things. You're like, this is how I'm teaching. This is how I do it. And you do animations, illustrations, things like that because that is how you connect as well. And it, and it, and it works. And I think so often we can get so caught up in how we do it and what we're doing. And it's, 
And I love that you chose something that actually not a lot of people are doing, or if they do, it's done in kind of a very corporate way or one-time way or whatever. And I love that you're, you, you just infuse it as part of kind of your everyday. And I think that's really, really nice to see. Yeah, it's easy. I even had caught myself as I was venturing into, you know, some new opportunities that are coming my way. And I was like, starting to question, do I need to look a certain way? Do I need to adjust anything? And then for sure, like, you know, yeah, maybe I'll adjust over time. Maybe things will get tweaked. I mean, I, it's, there's so many facets to me and my personality. So it's not like what I've created has to, the brand that I've got has right. to be a hundred percent this way forever. And yet I want to be careful and really make sure and discern at the moment, if I'm going to make any change, is it because I feel like I need to look a certain way in order to fit in, in this world. And that's meet some sort of expectation and which really is underneath it all tied to some sort of fear I have, or is it because I actually think this is the best thing for me to do because it still feels authentic to me yet it is an adjustment that does, maybe it'll help people connect a little bit better for some reason. And it makes sense, but I'm not doing it because I feel like I need to look a certain way to fit in. And I'm not doing it to meet some sort of expectation. I'm doing it because it feels good to me, expansive, appropriate. And it's this whole difference of doing something out of fear, out of freedom that we talk about in fearless living. And so even in my branding in the literally, even this week, this taught, this has come up and I've caught little thoughts in my head and I've caught myself, my, per, my recovering perfectionist self <laughs> and, um, and wanting to have things all dialed in and figured out ahead of time self, my wanting to jump from A to Z self, all these things that are really connected to deep down fears and expectations and judgments of myself and challenging me. And if anything, it's just making me, it reminds me, my answer is just wait. If I catch any of that, then the answer is don't do anything. Don't, don't even touch it. Cheris, slow your roll and sit back and let's just take a breather before you even consider anything. Cause you're, if you do anything right now, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Mm -hmm. And that goes with anything in life, but it's been interesting that literally it's come up about branding and marketing for me recently. And yeah, yeah. And it, and it's also a reminder, like, um, just trying to decide when do you need to do things with your messaging and with your brand that help you come across and get someone's attention and get their buy-in emotionally quickly versus when do you need to do something that may be different than what the norm is and that actually could be good for you and then ironically go back over into get their attention. So, because it's fresh and different and it's not what they're used to seeing, you know? So that's, um, something that I've been looking at literally oh my the last God. few days. Well, one, you're speaking, I think you have just beautifully summed up an experience that I think every business owner I have talked to has gone through it and even myself as well. And, I think 
part and part of what I do is because there's so much pressure from the outside world that influences marketing. It basically fuels the shiny object syndrome is what I call it. And that creates a chaos essentially within or can create chaos within a business if you're not very intentional and, and all these things. And I think what you shared about, you know, like, oh, do I, whatever insecurities or challenges may arise and it can vary person to person, right? I think the example you used was, am I, do I need to look like someone else or sound like someone else to, you know, all of these things. And I think that's, that is where so many people get tripped up, especially in their business, especially for smaller businesses, because when you start a business and now you're in your second business or, or, or it sounds like multiple technically, businesses. Yeah. <laughs> technically <laughs> there's multiple in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it can be very isolating, isolating as you may have experienced or yes. are experiencing and, and also just putting ourselves out there is it's very vulnerable as well. So co- that's a, that is a dangerous combo for people. And I think everything that you just said about really sitting and understanding like, okay, do I want to do this? Because I feel like I have to, because it's tied to something that's fear-based or do I want to do it? Because I think that that's where I'm being pulled and that's kind of the next evolution. And I think those are two extremely important differentiators to help people make the right decisions because I I've had countless conversations and I'm curious to know your thoughts and like how, I mean, you just shared a little bit about how you navigate those kinds of reflections and things like that. But I've had countless conversations of just even social media. Probably That's probably like the number one that people are like, I don't know what to post. I don't know what to do. I don't, you know, it's, it kind of causes a lot. And I think it's because it can get so vulnerable. So I'm curious to know, like, in that process when you're like, am I do, how am I doing this? Or is this, is this really aligned with me? Like, can you share a little bit about how you sort of break down those fears for yourself in those moments so you can continue to put out there or sorry, I it didn't want to make the assumption that you do have those fears. So. Oh no, I, no. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Well, you know, what might be helpful too, is that what I just touched on, why don't I act it might be helpful if I literally give you specifics related to this so that people, so this is, so I'll explain, I mean, I've touched on it and kind of at the edges, but let me just spell it out a little bit more clearly. Cause in my experience, having really clear example is really helpful when you're learning a concept or seeing how you can relate to something in your life, the more specific somebody gets with their story. So here's the situation. I've primarily been working with entrepreneurs, or like I said, entrepreneur mindset people, whether or not they own their own business technically. Um, and a lot of women, some men, but majority women and this new world I'm being, um, introduced into by a, a, someone who knows me really well and knows what I'm doing. And even has been in some of my, you know, trainings and things. It's a financial planning world, Hence, those are the people that are working on the exit planning. And those are the people with the clients of the, that are selling their businesses. So it's a really exciting opportunity. And what's interesting though, and where I've gotten myself starting to spin sometimes is that world is male dominant. 
Mm-hmm. It just is. And um, it's people who are primarily on LinkedIn. The other world is primarily Instagram and some Facebook, but face, you know, that world. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that I'm starting to do is think about, well, I can be, and my messaging, some of it is the same, that there's a common thread about what I'm doing. Because when I say balance, I'm talking about really internal balance, because I do think external balance is a bunch of hoo-ha. There's Mm -hmm. really, you can't find the perfect equation. I tried myself. I've seen people try. (laughs) There is no way to get this external perfect balance. It's all about my big, one of my big statements is balance is not about managing your time. It's about managing how you feel. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, people, whether they're super busy and in my program, busy to balanced, and they're sorting out that stage of life, kind of middle-aged and realizing, wow, I need to shift kind of me a handful of years ago, or whether they're at the end of their business journey, sell, got the cash now feeling like, well, wait, uh, I starting to realize whether they could say it or not, that their identity was connected with their business is, mm-hmm. and their life was so wrapped up together. And then now what? So it's all about managing how they feel and that internal balance and and finding a new equilibrium from whatever they're going through and even on a day-to-day basis. So I see this common threads and yet I'm talking to a lot of people over here that are especially women, business owners, super busy lives realizing they want to find that balance feeling more often, more peace of mind. Then I'm talking to over here, these people that have connections with business owners and the planners themselves might be similar to these other people, but a lot more male, a lot more on LinkedIn. And then they have the connections to introduce me to the clients that I'm starting to work with that are exiting their businesses. And so far tend to be a lot of men as well, Mm -hmm. because that age group, you know, we're talking a little bit older than me and, um, it just is the, the way it's been. If you kind of just look at generations. So I'm now looking at, okay, first of all, don't get, I I literally been talking to myself and, and to some close people with me to catch myself and getting caught in perfectionism. I've caught, you know, trying to, caught myself literally trying to figure this all out before I've given it a chance to breathe, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, be like, I just walked in the room and I'm trying to just evaluate everything, get everything moved right. in perfectly sorted. And it's like, why don't you live there for a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> you know, live, live in it and see what, how does this actually work and all these things. So I've caught that I've caught myself, um, just wondering, you know, what's the best thing to do? I've caught myself thinking, well, how do I, I don't want to confuse people. But then one of the things I sorted out was I can talk a certain way over in one platform and kind of shift my conversation a little bit. Some of it will overlap like my podcast messaging. I'll share my podcast everywhere Mm -hmm. that can overlap, but maybe I'll tweak and adjust some of the things I say on LinkedIn in certain posts. And so I could start to segment a little bit by platform. That's one thing that I've started thinking about doing. And then another is to catch the thought of, well, do I need to look a little different to have this other world 
connect with me quickly. Because if you look at my branding, look at everything I'm doing, it's a little more feminine bent. It's a little more, you know, there's some playful aspects, even though a lot of my topics are, are very serious and real and raw and my stories. But then I realized, well, the connection I have into this world in the first place and some of the people that I meet, they like me for who I am. Mm-hmm. So I appealed to them for some reason, everything about me. So should I change that necessarily in my branding? And the answer I've come to at the moment is not, not yet. And if you do be conscientious that it's not too far, mm-hmm. like it's never, it's not too much of a change and it's still fully authentically me. Totally. Um, so you know, whether it's font changes or colors or some different things. I mean, it's one thing, but, um, but I've even just caught myself. So that, if that helps kind of give a little more perspective into literally, and everybody always says, you know, niche down, niche down, stay with one audience, you know, all these things, at least that's very common, uh, messaging out there to business owners in the online space, at least. But if an opportunity also is coming to you and it's not a big jump, to get there. Like it's right. It, right. it is in my wheelhouse. Like I actually exited a, a company of my own and I watched my parents exit a company mm-hmm. and both of those were not the ideal scenarios. Like right. I've watched or participated in exits that were not the way you really want them to go. Mm-hmm. So I, ha- so it's like, I could really help these people. I am already starting to. So that's, if that helps a little bit, it's really been interesting. No, 100%. It is so interesting. And I love, I, and thank you so much for going into detail of those examples, because one of the things that stuck out was also that I want to touch on because you said that, you know, for your podcast, right? Like you're sharing it across the board, but you may tweak the language on LinkedIn or something. And, and I think that probably applies to like everything that you're sharing, but I really loved how you use that. And the reason I'm calling that out is because a lot of, a lot of the time, I think part of that pressure that we were talking about earlier is like, I need to be everywhere. Like you said, right? Like Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, Facebook, all of the things. And social media is such an easy kind of trap to fall into because it's free to start up. It's, you know, whatever, but there's so much that goes into it that you could so easily burn out. And so the reason I'm calling this out is because one, just because your, your audience may be on those platforms, how they receive content, how they receive, how they are absorbing things, what catches their attention on each type of platform will vary. And like LinkedIn tweaking things on LinkedIn, right? Like you're appealing to maybe a little bit more let's just say this is just an example, but like corporate, right? Yeah. Instagram, it could be a little bit more like one-to-one, like, oh, someone that you can like just easily connect with, not really like a sales type of thing, right? At least that's how I viewed it, view it in my head sort of thing. And so I wanted to just call out that differentiation because I think that's so important. And then the other thing that you mentioned just now of like, oh, should I change the look and feel of my brand? And if I not right now, but if I do don't stray too far. And I think that is such an, 
that is a critical piece. And I think a lot of people feel under pressure. They're like, I don't really like my brand. Is it too feminine? Is it too masculine? Is it too boring? What all of the things. And I think one of the things that, like I said earlier, it's very clear, like you infuse your personality in it. And what you just acknowledge is like, well, people are coming to me because they like my personality. Like I, I'm not, I'm not being anyone else but me. And I think every brand, you know, they're, I think it's, it's just a physical representation of Mm -hmm. where you are right now. Right. And not, and that doesn't mean good or bad. That's not a good or bad thing. It's just, that is who you are and that, and that you just need to own it or recognize, okay, like I'm ready to evolve. And what does that next phase look like for me? And there's, yeah, go through that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, my stuff, it's not super, I mean, it's polished, it's a polished, playful, you know, polished and playful. And I get a lot of compliments on it from a lot of people. It's just, I started second guessing myself and, um, and then I could feel and sense in my gut that this was coming from a disempowering place, Mm -hmm. the, the second guessing. And, um, then I was like, okay, well, as long as the thoughts are coming from that place, I am going to ignore them right now. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to carry on my wear, merry way um, and then just put a pin in it to consider it later. Just okay. put a pin in it. Let me get in the room a little bit more, work with more more of this world and let's see what happens. Sure. But um, it, another thing that came to mind is my advice for social media too is that don't, I think, I think people can feel like, like you said, have that pressure to try to get it all and get it all right from the get-go. And I know I certainly did, but what I did is I went ahead and set up like uses, I use a scheduler and my VA schedule things, but we go ahead and I started posting whatever I could to LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. And then in recent months, um, at least the audiograms I have for my podcast, uh, the vertical versions that are audiograms, um, with a little wave, if people don't know what that is, you know, what you see the waveform moving, you see the text and you don't see my face though. Cause when I record my podcasts, it's just, um, sound for, for my solo episodes, but I thought, well, what the heck I'll, I can try it. It's, it's not going to hurt anything to like push it to TikTok, and you never know. So, um, even though I'm not doing TikTok uh, appropriate or ideal, the ideal types of things for TikTok, but it's okay. I'm just starting something that I already have and it's not going to hurt me. That's, mm-hmm. that's my philosophy. It wasn't going to hurt me to post some things to LinkedIn that I was putting elsewhere too, sure. because I mean, at least the starting point, my weekly podcast audiograms, a quote of the week from my podcast. And, um, then if I do, uh, I do an intention statement each week of um, today I'm willing to practice blank and like, Hey, you know, do you want to join me? And it's everything mm-hmm. from giving myself a break to um, forgiving others to right. all sorts of things. So every week is different to sharing a great review of my podcast. So those things were like scheduled and regular weekly things for me to appear on social media. That's like four or five posts a week mm-hmm. to get started. So I just went ahead and did the same posts everywhere, sometimes a different format, like shape, you know, obviously, but it was the easiest thing to just start. Mm-hmm. And then 
now, now I'm looking at, okay, how do I tweak to optimize these different places Mm -hmm. and possibly consider the different audiences as well for what I've got going, but even more so just anything extra that I'm going to do. And because the cornerstones, I think that I've already been doing those, those key posts each week probably are fine to stay the same, but then now I can start to do some extra that's really appropriate. But what I love about the fact I'm so glad that I've been doing what I've been doing, because even though I haven't been active over on LinkedIn, for instance, I've got some momentum of some things going, I've got more people paying attention and, Mm -hmm. and I've at least got a history so that now, as I'm starting to do more over there, they can look and see, I have activity. Mm -hmm. They can see posts I've done. They can see I've been active a handful of times every week. And it doesn't just look like I just suddenly appeared out of the blue. So that is what I've done. And I don't know what your thoughts are on what you guide people to do, but looking back, I'm happy I did what I did because I just kind of threw it all out there. But I, I knew that certain platforms, it was just throwing it and we'll see what I'm not really putting much energy into it, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to go ahead and throw it just to have something. Totally. I love that because one, you made it. The reason it worked is because you made it so simple. And I think the reason it doesn't work is because the reason why I stress like, okay, if you're thinking about getting to everywhere or going on every single platform, it's because a lot of the times when I've talked to business owners, not every time, not every person, right? The way you've done it has been super, you've kept it super simple, but they kind of overcomplicate it. They think it needs to be different for every single one. And for you, you were like, no, we're just going to copy it. We're just going to have it. Like you literally just made it kind of copy and paste. Yeah. Maybe tweak things like keep it as super simple as possible. And I'm curious to know. And I think in that sense, that works, right? Because you're just at the end of the day, marketing is literally just like letting people know how you do it doesn't matter. You just got to tell people what you're, <laughs> what you're doing. And so like, it can literally be yelling across the street and saying, Hey, I'm doing this. Right. I think, so I think that's an important note. One thing I want to ask you about during this time, because like you said, you're now seeing momentum and things like that. How I think, I think where people then just stop when they do stuff like that is when they it's because it's sometimes a very slow build. So I'm curious to know how long potentially that momentum or that kind of traction started to take for you. And what was kind of going through your mind? Did you at any point say, why am I doing this? Should I be, am I doing this correctly? Like what kind of any of those types of doubts? Oh, oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, the amount of times I have thought, what the heck am I doing? And, you know, the thoughts come through. So the thoughts come through and I'm going to just be totally honest. Cause that's a big, that is like my big thing. I want to tell you all what I think that's, you can count on me for that. And mm-hmm. literally the truth of what goes on in my head. Um, the thoughts came through a lot of like, I should just throw in the towel. This is effing hard, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, maybe you're not cut out for this. It doesn't matter how many businesses you've started. It doesn't matter how great you are. It doesn't matter. You know, all the things. And thank goodness I'm a coach and I can catch my own thoughts and know that they do not equate to reality. 
And there's just this tape though, that just runs. And so I knew it was a bunch of BS and it was just, then I would just coach myself or get coaching outside myself because coaches need coaches too. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes, all kinds of thoughts, all kinds of thoughts. And I would remind, and so then what I do, I have all sorts of proactive behaviors I turn to, um, whether it's support people, whether it's podcasts that I listen to that are inspirational, um, whether it's uh, scrolling for a little bit on social, but because I've curated my feed to be empowering for me, it's a happy place to be because mm, I, if anybody makes me feel even a queasy jealous or um, feel like I'm behind or irritated in any way, I unfollow. And I've been really good about that in this last year, especially because I just want everywhere that I turn as much as possible to reinforce that I'm doing great. It's all coming in time. Mm -hmm. Relax the heck out. You know, it's going to be okay, Cheris. And you're, you're doing awesome. You're doing so much better than you think you are. So I will then turn to, like I said, multiple podcasts. I'll just see what sparks me that moment. Whose voice do I think will support me right now? What kind of message do I need to hear? And I just will listen. That's how I start almost every day. Um, I mean, I, I've, I've incorporated more meditation into my life. That was really challenging for me to do for a long time. Uh, that's a little more, more common, even a few minutes, um, listening, listening to something really supports me versus just sitting in silence. Mm -hmm. Um, the podcast, like I said, super helpful, but all of that. And you asked about timeline. So timeline, I launched my podcast last July to give you an idea too. And that, um, I committed, I just committed that I would have be posting an episode every week. And I just knew I'm going to just keep an episode every week and at least one email to my email list every week. And just one thing after another. And I mean, last year I, I developed like, for instance, I wasn't even on Instagram till just a, a year ago mm-hmm. about like, it just, I had an account for my dog, but not me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, it was just, I'm committed to the process mm-hmm. of doing the episode every week. And I'm that's, and I'm just going to stay consistent. And that's, And so, and I kept reinforcing that with the people I would follow, the coaches I would hire, the programs I would enroll myself in, or the podcasts I listened to, there was a lot of people talking about just be consistent. Don't try to, you know, and, and so I happened to, I just would feed off of that. I would tell myself and I would feed off of that and then just be consistent. So for me, it was the podcast and, um, and that's really paid off for me because first of all, I was pulled to it. Mm-hmm. I, it just felt like a magnet. Like I felt like I had to get that started. Like it was a not had to, should like, must like that sort of feeling like I gotta do this yeah. thing, you know, but like this magnetic pull mm-hmm. and, um, it's been super fun. And yet there's times where I'm like, oh my goodness, I can put, have the pressure on myself around all sorts of aspects of it. And then I just recommit to what I know I have control over. And 
one of my exercises with clients, control versus no control and, and how to think through that because we think we have, we, we, part of our brain thinks we have control over more than we do and gets us up into a, worked up into a tizzy when really, if we just can break it down and focus on the things we have control over, which is where having a coach is super handy because that's how I learned this myself. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you can focus on those things, which is for instance, in this case, podcast every week, some do the podcast, get some posts up, get a system, get my VA to help Mm -hmm. have it be automatic. And, and just that is what I'm committing to. And that's the one thing. And we'll go from there. And then um, that is bringing around more loyal people and interests and getting me into interviews like this and spreading the word and getting people into my funnels. And, you know, so it's all the things, all the starting, it it just takes time. And I love, and I, I think what you just shared is so incredibly relatable. And I think that I would imagine you probably given whoever does listen to this, like comfort and knowing like, okay, I just got to keep recommitting because the the doubt will always creep in. And we base that, that doubt gets fueled by lack of results. And I say that in quotes because, you know, our, like you said early on, right. You had to redefine what your definition of success was. And so as part, it seems like part of this phase that you're in now in this and your, your business as it stands now is, you know, basically wrapping yourself around what gives you joy and being and doing these things because that's what other people are doing. And that excites you when you're following the right people, all of the things, right. You're basically just immersing yourself. And this is just one way you're making that contribution in that world that you care about. So absolutely. And you mentioned momentum earlier that just came to mind when you, for some reason, it tied into what you just said, the, the, um, something that supported me a lot too, is the concept of hitting a pinata. Mm. So, you know, you could ask the question, which blow was it that cracked it open? Mm-hmm. Well, technically the last one, but that power, that action, that energy was not enough if it was at the, you know, to just crack it open from yes the, the get-go. There were however many strikes before that made an impact, but the last blow gets the biggest credit. So that momentum is often, um, hidden. Yeah. It's this like hidden momentum. And so you, it can be very easy to get frustrated Yeah, because you don't see it, but if you stay consistent and then you do everything you can to support yourself so that you don't give up on what you really want Mm -hmm. and you do everything you can to try to find the feeling that you're looking for now, because that's a big part of living a life of more joy and peace of mind is not waiting until you have X, Y, or, or Z, or have you achieved something in order to feel that way. You mm-hmm. figure out what is it that you're trying to feel? Cause that's really the way, the reason we do anything is because we want to feel a certain way. The reason right. we want money, the reason we want to have the vacation, the house, the family, the whatever is ultimately there's feelings we desire. Mm-hmm. So if you can identify those and then figure out how the heck to have more of that feeling now, 
you will, first of all, enjoy your life more, be more present. And you will also paradoxically, uh, or ironically, I guess is more the right word, ironically help yourself get to that thing you're going for. And that's really what the crux of manifestation is about and all Mm -hmm. those things. But that is something else that I help people with is just that, that those feelings. And so and anyway, that those yeah. feelings are closer than they, they think they are. Yes. Even yes. Without the thing that they're attached to. One of the things I love the concept of the pinata, and I do want to touch on it because here's another real life example of that pinata story is you see all of these people on TikTok, Instagram, who went viral. They have millions of views, hundreds of thousands, whatever. And it really just catapulted them. I guarantee you ask every single one of them. They've been posting for a whole year. They've been just doing the same thing over and over and over again. And all of a sudden, something stuck, the blast blow. And I wanted to put to touch on that and put that in a very tangible example. Because like you said, the blow, it's fine. It's starting to crack. Some candy's falling out. And now you're like, okay. <laughs> what something's going to be the big blow for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I guess too, we should also probably clarify for people to not have an expectation of a big blow Mm -hmm. because that also, I just realized could kind of get them trapped into a certain way of thinking with, with, um, that could be not very supportive. So, so the tricky part of that analogy is to not just expect expect the the big explosion like for instance the viral example you just gave Mm -hmm. so it went viral but then what did that do for them it Mm -hmm. felt like a big blow but then like but afterwards you have to keep up with it you still have going so just because the big big blow happens doesn't mean you're like okay can sit back and relax you have the reason it worked is because you kept going right no and the reason and i think and that's why i want to touch back on what you said earlier about you put emphasis on making the process fun and easy for you. That at the end of the day is what matters because that's what you keep up with. That's what's easier for you to commit to even on the days where you're like, why the hell am I doing this? Like, I I can't do this anymore. Right. And I think that is where like, you're absolutely right. We can't expect the big blows, but the process, it's really about the process, which I think you touched on earlier. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Chris, I can talk to you about this literally all day long, <laughs> but I just realized the time. So I don't want to keep you any longer. Um, and thank you so much for stopping by and, and sharing your really valuable insights and perspective on just life and business and marketing. And it was, it was extremely helpful for me. And I think it will be for everyone who listens. Okay. Shara, so how can we support you? Well, first of all, if you're listening to this, then you might want to check out my podcast because uh, I know if you're like me, you always want to check out another one. <laughs> so my podcast is Cheris Your Life. And I know my name's a little funky. The easiest way to know how to pronounce and spell it is like the city Paris, but with a CH. So Cheris Your Life, my podcast. And then um, if you want to check out, I have a free training at cherisyourlife.com forward slash video. We'll share that. We'll put those links in the show notes and very excited. I think, I think people will have so many, just so many good value nuggets just coming from you and listening to your podcast. And I've listened to your podcast and I think it's incredible. So thank you. 
Thank you. That's it for this week's episode of The Edge Effect. But the journey doesn't end here. We encourage you to take the lessons learned from our guests and apply them to your own entrepreneurial endeavors. As you navigate the ever-evolving world of branding and marketing, remember that it doesn't have to be overly complex. But communicating your brand effectively is an ongoing journey. It requires continuous refinement, a deep understanding of your audience, and an unwavering commitment to stay true to your story, the unique edge that sets you apart. Stay tuned for future episodes where we continue to unravel the challenges of branding and marketing through the incredible impact of human stories. Until next time, keep embracing the edge, embracing your story, and making a difference through your business. I'm Carolyn Crawford, and this has been The Edge Effect.